I've been putting bad guys away for 44 years. I've been part of investigating over a thousand deaths. I've been a part of putting more than 400 murders in prison, and I'm still at it. I'm Tim Corbett. These are my cases. This isn't your typical criminal profile podcast. This is Killer Catchers. Tim Corbett here for Killer Catchers. Um, we're going to be talking tonight about a case, and with me tonight is Tim Wiley, South Bend Police Department, Gary Mullins, South Bend Police Department. And on the phone, we have our victim's mother. Our victim is Eric Phillips. And Gloria, um, you're up in Michigan and we're in Indiana, and I got to get your permission. Is it okay with you if we record this conversation? Yes, it is okay with me to record this conversation. Yes, ma'am. All right, uh, tonight is going to be about a case of, uh, like I said, Eric. Eric was killed back on 6-23 of 2018. Eric was found down by a boat ramp by an off-duty South Bend police officer who called in. Um, once that was done, officers arrived and the scene was secured. Homicide was activated. Uh, this case was a pretty protracted out, long drawn out investigation. Um, you're going to hear a lot about forensic things that we do with um, phones and ballistics and just all sorts of things. This was a completely, completely unnecessary act predicated on greed. That's exactly what it was. And, uh, and somebody being, uh, I think their, their little feelings got hurt. And at the price of that, we'll tell you at the end of this, how long they're going to be spending in prison spooning with someone. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to start off with Tim Wiley. Uh, Tim, why don't you kind of walk us through what happened that night? Right. So on, uh, like you said, June 23rd, around 630 in the morning, uh, Eric was found in the parking lot of the boathouse over there off of Northside Boulevard. Uh, he was, he'd been shot a few times and right at that point, we didn't know who he was. Uh, we didn't really have a good idea of, uh, who even next to Ken was, why he was there and how long he'd even been there. Uh, we didn't cause we checked, uh, the cameras that were actually on the boathouse nearby. And, uh, we figured that the whole thing happened probably about three hours prior to him being found. So he'd been out there by himself in the middle of the uh, parking lot there for about three hours. And you have to wonder how many cars went up down that road and either saw it and didn't say anything or do anything or actually didn't see it. But, uh, for, for anybody to have to go through that and, you know, be discarded like uh, like yesterday's trash is horrific. Right. So the at that point, the Metro Homicide Unit was activated. We were called in to start the investigation. Uh, we didn't have any witnesses, obviously, because there was nobody there to see what happened um, that would come forward right away. Uh, that would change a little bit later on. But uh, we start our crime scene techs out there. They start taking pictures, documenting the scene collecting evidence and uh, basically checking the area to see what kind of evidence they can find. Okay. And then Gary, you were his partner at that time, right? I was, yes. What'd you do when you got there? Uh, well, the, the key to all this was the uh, boathouse uh, video. Once we got the uh, boathouse video, we kind of got a uh, play on the events that took place. There were some cars that kind of came and went, um, but the car that uh, Eric arrived in, um, he had a uh, female companion um, that uh, was with him. Um, and we could tell that uh, she got out, uh, he got out, and they were just kind of hanging out. 
in the uh, uh, behind the vehicle, um, still not knowing who she is by the uh, boathouse video. We had to figure that out. Um, they were approached by two individuals uh, that uh, approached Eric, was talking to Eric for a little bit, and then uh, one of them raised a gun and shot, and uh, then they fled. Okay, and her name was uh, Testacia Parker, is that right? Yes, Testacia Parker. We we finally figured that out. Uh, I think it was off of uh, uh, recovering a uh, phone from inside of Eric's vehicle. Uh, we were able to uh, recover that phone um, and get some kind of identification on who he was. And uh, then um, it took us to making family notification, which you and I uh, went drove up to uh, Benton Harbor um, to speak with uh, Eric's mom and uh, let her know uh, kind of what happened in the early stages, which is never an easy task. Uh, it's probably one of the most difficult tasks of uh, working in homicide is making that um, notification. Well, Gloria, you've heard the basics and you were there at court and, you know, we kept you informed on what was going on in the case. Obviously, with every case, we can't tell everything we know because, um, you know, if information is uh, regurgitated out on the street and somebody picks it up and they try and give it back to us as gospel, um, we, we have to be very guarded with that information. So it's always tough to give the family enough solace and hope and let it to the end of the tunnel. We're going to get the job done for them, but yet still temper that with not giving up information that could uh, hurt the case. And that, that's always a tough thing to do. I know families want to know everything and, you know, we would love to be able to tell everything, but we, we just can't to protect the case, you know, and, and like I've said in the past, you know, that's, that's your family member, that's your son, but it's our case to protect and make sure uh, the wrong that was done is made right. So uh, do you remember when Gary Mullins and I came up to Benton Harbor there and spoke to you? Yeah, I remember that that day. You came and you told and showed me a picture. Yeah, up and asked me was that my son. I kind of remember. Yeah, but it's like a nightmare. But I don't remember. You know, definitely. But I know it happened. Yeah. Okay. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about Eric. Tell you know from from when he was a you know a young kid until this incident. Well, he was Eric was he always been like a little a little man. He's just he always he always never wanted to be a baby. By the time he was like about three years old, I just I tried to hug and kiss on him. He never liked to be hugged and kissed. He always like wanted to be like macho. You know he like. I want to cheat like a baby, but he's like, no, mommy, I'm a big boy, you know, he wants to be tough, you know? And, um, but he loved his friends, and he was a good person at heart, you know? Um, that's why everybody that was around him always liked him, they, he was a, he had a good heart, you know? He came up, you know, kind of in, a, in the 80s, and all the struggles that came out. So, most of that happened in my life and his life, and things didn't go quite the way it should have went, but he was a good kid, you know, he just, he wasn't, I didn't know better at that time, so I didn't do better. So my son was all right, good person, I don't care what, what, what he did, 
eating. He's hungry. He had to do it. He had to do the survive sometimes. And he got in trouble with the law, but he still was a good person. He tried to help everybody. He always tried to look out for him and his friends. That was his problem. He was always trying to look out for friends. You know, he always thought everybody was his friends. He really did. That's what Stacy got it. That's he thought she was cute and she was nice and smiling. And she was his friend. Yeah. So he was a good, he was a pretty good kid. But I think just never had that father figure. He didn't have a father growing up in the home, but he had quite a few men in his life that took him on his swing. They tried to guide him and teach him, you know, to help him. You know, like I think. My son, my son had, but he was like me. He had a, a, a great heart. We just, we love people. When we love people, we could never see, he could never let you the worst in people, you know? Even if you were, uh, if you did it wrong, like me, if you do me wrong, I still don't, I still don't see the good in you. That's why my heart sucks, but we just had to leave each other, you know, beat you along down the school. Eric was a good, really sweet person. He always thought about somebody else. It was all about kids, just because he grew up without his father. He was always trying to do something for kids, and like basketball and sports. He always trying to help the underdog. He always felt like he was the underdog. My son didn't deserve to get what he got, what he got, but God knows what he was doing. So I guess his purpose in time was up. If God wasn't going to happen, if it wasn't meant to happen. Gloria, how, how, how has this affected your life? Brings me around to something, Gloria. Uh, you dealt with with us, all all of us officers down there at, at uh, County Metro Homicide. Um, did you ever ever feel like you were slighted or you were treated differently, or 
we weren't going to give 110 uh, percent to solve this case. No, 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 That's completely and under. Then once the case went on, and you guys kept investigating and investigating, you kept letting me know different stuff. And then another thing to it, Eric, he died on June the 23rd. I didn't get to see my baby. I didn't even get to see his body. I didn't know where he was at until almost July or something. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I, that made me crazy, kind of too. I'm like, I kept saying to myself, my son and I did. They just stand there. You know, I thought, Well, there's Gloria. Just just so you understand, and the, you know the viewers understand. Um, many times people say that they you know that they want to see their loved one, but there's so many traumatic things that happens to to a person when they've been murdered, especially if there's you know head wounds or whatever. And I know from experience that you may think you want you want to see that. But when you see it, that's something you can't scrub out of your brain. You will forever no, no, have I that image. Really want, and and I, I wanted you. But, but once they told me what was going on, I understood. But I'm just saying, yeah, I understood because they, he wasn't shot in the face or nothing. But I know that y'all had to make sure y'all get all the evidence off of him. So, but, you know, because I told y'all, I watched a lot and all that. Well, it's, it's protection for the family. It's protection, you know, like I said, yeah. you you can't unsee that. Money. I got money before it's still it's gone. Don't still that ain't made me no happier. 
But he's like, I'll see when I die. He's always telling me that. I get so upset with him. But I guess he told me right. He's going to be resting now. Okay, well, I'm going to go back to Tim Wiley here a minute. Uh, you know, we we started the investigation, like we said earlier, you and I went up and, and told Gloria, which is obviously a tough thing to do. And from that time on, hit the bricks running, what happened? Well, our first major piece of evidence was the video, obviously. I mean, it, it tells us, it's our silent witness to tell the story about what happened, how things, how people interacted and who did what and, and what, what went on there. The other key piece of evidence that we got was... Uh, uh, we had footwear impressions next to the car. We also had some shell casings that were next to the car, right where Eric had been shot. And uh, we also got some fingerprints on the back of Eric's car, which led to a person of interest in our case. Uh, also from a friend of, of Eric's was able to give, give us uh, access to his Facebook page uh, and getting access to his Facebook page. We actually find a conversation that he had shortly before he was murdered where the young lady, a young lady at the time, we didn't know exactly who it was, had lured him down from Michigan down to South Bend in order to, uh, in, to in order to uh, enact this sort of plan that they had. Uh, so we find out who she is, and we actually find out what her real name was because she had a, a fake Facebook name, but the real name was Stacia Parker. Didn't she also have a stage name because she was working at one of the strip bars? I can't confirm she worked at a strip bar, but she did have a stage name. It was uh, Sarah Stacy. Okay. I, I know what my parents named me, and I've never had to change my name. <laughs> so I don't know why everybody needs a bunch of different names. But anyway, I, I thought that there, she was tracked down to Fort Wayne and was a, was an exotic dancer. There was information on that. that yeah, that is true. She was uh, a dancer down in Fort Wayne at one of the, the clubs down there. And it uh, wasn't ballet? No. Square dancing? <laughs> No, not one of those, but uh, I ended up going down to uh, Fort Wayne and uh, knocking on a bunch of doors for family members down there. Never did get a hold of her directly there. Did you go to the strip bar? I did not. I should have. Maybe I could have. See, an old school cop would have went to the strip bar. Right? Maybe an expense report on that would have uh, raised some <laughs> eyebrows. Uh, but I uh, go down there and make a nuisance of myself with the families down there. And eventually she calls me back. And also I got to give a shout out to the Fort Wayne um uh, ATF agents down there show up out of the blue. What do you need? I need this. I need this. I need somebody to run with me to go knock on doors. Anything I needed, they were right there to, to give that uh, give that assistance. Uh, knocked on doors. Knocked on doors, and eventually, uh, I guess I annoyed enough people that Sarah, or I'm sorry, to Stacy actually called me directly and told me that she was going to come into South Bend for an interview in the next couple of days after that. Okay. And then what would you do? Well, after when she finally did come in, I believe uh, Wiley was in a uh, trial or preparing for a trial. So I had the uh, pleasure of sitting down and listening to her story uh, of what she said transpired. Um, after sitting down and reading her Miranda rights, uh, she stated that um, Eric had reached out to her on Facebook or through Facebook and made arrangements to come down. He wanted to hang out. And, uh, you know, Stacia said she's never met this guy before, but they were friends on Facebook. So she gets a message from uh, from Eric, and uh, he comes down to uh, meet her, and uh, she said that she was at the East Race with some of her girlfriends, and Eric came down and uh, sold her a little bit of weed and said he had some other business to take care of, but he would be back to see her uh, in a little bit. 
Um, so about an hour and a half later, she said that Eric picks her up uh, from her grandmother's house there in, uh, in South Bend, and they uh, drive down to the boathouse um, where all this happened. Uh, they were the only vehicle in the lot at that point in time in the boathouse. Um, Tastasia gets out of the car, Eric gets out of the car. They're uh, uh, getting kind of handsy and uh, kissing and hugging on each other. And she's sitting on the back of the uh, um, car playing some music on her cell phone. And uh, she said he, um, she pulls out her driver's license to roll a joint on the, uh, on the driver's license so they could smoke. Well, in the process of doing that, two guys come uh, walking uh, I guess it'd be southbound down the uh, East Race um, from downtown area. And uh, um, they approach Eric. You see some uh, some hand gestures and things like that. It almost looked, it looked pretty friendly uh, initially. And uh, the two walk over towards Eric and uh, uh, Testacia. She's sitting on the back of the, the car. And there's some idle conversation uh, between them. Um, one of them, I believe, uh, well, approaches to Stacia, but it, her story is that uh, she didn't know who the guys were, but they seemed friendly towards Eric, like he knew them. And then all of a sudden, she hears one of the guys say, hell no, and uh, one guy uh, raises a pistol and shoots Eric. And she tries to run, but the other guy grabs a hold of her and tells her, um, grabs her license from her and says, now I know who you are. If you tell anybody about what happened, I'm going to kill you. And he takes her cell phone and he throws it. And, uh, and both the uh, uh, guys take off running in the same direction that they came. So from there, Testacia says that she still hears the music on her cell phone. So she goes over to the cell phone, grabs the cell phone, and she takes off running. Um, not necessarily in the same direction, a little bit... Uh, uh, easterly, but then back towards the uh, north because she's trying to make her way back to her grandma's. Now, keep in mind, this young girl just seeing this go on, she's got the cell phone in her hand. She doesn't make no calls to no police or anything like that. She just takes off running and heads back towards uh, uh, to what she says is her grandma's house. She's doing any kind of life-saving measures, calling ambulance, do anything? Absolutely nothing. Um, I mean, you a murderer too. Well, to, to set this, the stage for this, this area uh, that they were at was a, a pretty good-sized parking lot, probably held, I don't know, 30, 40 cars maybe. Um, on one side of it is a road. The other side is the river. Uh, I think common sense, just hearing you know what we've told you so far, um, you have an opportunity to call for help. You didn't. You have an opportunity to call for an ambulance to help save somebody's life. You didn't. <laughs> And two dudes just come out of nowhere at, uh, what was it, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning? Mm -hmm. They just appear out of nowhere. Um, that story... Uh, we watched the video, too. Uh, the video, she begged for him to come. She put her hand behind Eric like she was talking to him and, and begged for those dudes to come. Well, it, it, on that video. looking at the video and piecing things together, first off, somebody gets shot for no reason, and then you leave an oh, eyewitness... And you leave an eyewitness and you take their ID and let them know that I'm going to kill you if you tell anybody. You've already killed one. Uh, why she didn't get killed, um, either it was a, the hand of God, which wasn't. Um, it came out to be something else, and that was 
She was involved in it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's so, what we seen her back. We seen her back from once we heard the things in the car. We seen her back for him. She begged them to come. She said, "Let them know when to come." Yeah. yeah the the she events ran. that the events and that then I she ran with them. She ran. We, we this is on God put it on right. recording. He put my yeah. baby on the plane so it could be on video tape. Yeah. Ain't that what happened? To Yes, Miss Gloria. Yeah, I was just explaining what she was telling me in the interview room. I know, I know, I understand, but we know that was a lot. Well, all right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead, man. No, that's all right. Um, You like us, you like us, don't you, Gloria? uh, You like us, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you ain't did nothing to me, but help me find justice for my baby, so. I have no, no problem with you guys. You know, you, you, like I said, I love everybody. You treat me good. I'm treating you good. Good. So what, what happened from there, Gary? So, so okay, when she well, said, no, he was just slower than that, because I'm, when she, when she said, like, <laughs> she said she went back to her grandma's house, um, and she was so traumatized, she didn't know what was going on. First person she reached out to to contact was her dad. Um, and this was after we had already watched the uh, the video so i knew at that point in time what she was telling me was not accurate and i called her out on it and when i told her you know what you're telling me some of it is true but it's not 100 percent truth i didn't let her let on as to what all it was that i knew but i let her know what she was telling me wasn't true and at that point in time she asked for an attorney so we didn't know her level of involvement at that point uh, so since she had asked for an attorney, then we had uh, stopped the interview and she was allowed to leave. Okay. Now kind of fast forward, where, where are we at with the, we, we have the phone. Um, so search warrant. We did a search warrant for phones. We did search warrants for phone mm-hmm. records and uh, social media records and whatnot. And from tracking her, her being to Stacia's Facebook, we were able to find Elbert. Uh, they were in a romantic relationship together and also um, pictures of him that she had sent to him only a few hours before the murder of him wearing a specific set of clothing also matched the clothing that we see on the, the video camera of the murder itself. And when you say Elbert, you're talking about Elbert Briggs, the suspect? Yes. Okay. And then what? So from that point, we start uh, tracking down different things with the actual phone records. Uh, who's talking to who, how they're talking to each other, and also location data associated with those phone records. Uh, With that, we're able to track uh, where she was, her being to Stacia, and also Elbert, where he was. And his phone is in the area of of where the murder took place, when the murder took place. So we, not only do we have um, his clothing description matching the one on the video, we also have his phone in the area of where the murder took place. We have her saying that she's there when it happens and also the romantic relationship between the two of them. There's no way she doesn't know he's there and he's involved in this thing. And of course, they're both trying to spin it up, or she in particular. Um, yeah, it's just coincidental once upon a time and, you know, we're just dumb cops. That don't know nothing don't, about Yeah, nothing. don't know anything. And, uh, you're street smart. Um, okay. Also, with the, with the clothing that he was wearing, uh, we're able to give at least a make and model match to the footwear impressions that were on the scene next to Elbert's, I'm sorry, next to Eric's car where the murder took place. So we can put his clothing 
uh, at least uh, make and model shoes that he's wearing um, only a few hours prior to the murder on the scene right next to the car where the murder took place. The video, as I recall, it wasn't clear enough that we could we could make out any faces because no. it, the the very little ambient light there, uh, dark uh, bushes and just all sorts of things. So there wasn't enough pixels uh, to be able to pick up clearly. You could get a general size and where they ran and that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. if I recall, we ran a dog out there to try and pick up on pick up on a track that didn't do much. We were crawling around down by the river looking for mm -hmm. evidence, a gun, anything, and that also didn't bear fruit. Now, uh, you know, he he's uh, taken and uh, an autopsy is performed and there mm -hmm. was a projectile. Yes. Correct? There was a projectile that was recovered from his body. Uh, he was shot at least twice. Uh, one was a through and through and the other one actually lodged within his, his arm. Uh, so we had, he had, we had a projectile from his body. Yes. Okay. What happened with that projectile? Uh, we ended up giving it to uh, Ray Wolfenbarger, the South Bend Police Department's uh, tool mark and firearm examiner. He looked at it, looked at the shell casings, and he was at least able to give a list of different firearms that could have fired uh, that particular projectile and casing. Okay. Uh, now we're kind of fast forwarding. Things are starting to pick up a little bit of momentum. I think, uh, didn't Albert and our young lady here go on a little hiatus down to Florida? They took a little vacation because everybody knows after you get done killing somebody and plotting a robbery and a murder that uh, you certainly need a little, yeah. little vacation. No, no, Yes, ma'am. Uh, from uh, they okay. That's what you just was saying to me now. Okay, yeah. Right he after <laughs> right after the uh, the murder took place, Albert and yeah. Tastacy's phones go all the way down to Fort Wayne. Uh, from Fort Wayne, they stay there for about half a day, and then they travel together uh, down all the way to uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, where yeah, well, uh, she sense. has family. So to get all the way down there. And then I can actually see the phone records and see my phone number pop up when I'm in Fort Wayne having a phone conversation with her while she's down in West Palm Beach, Florida. So I knew I was on a, a good track for her phone number, which led into other things of who who's talking to who and how they're talking to each other. Okay. Well, then we, we kind of fast forward. Everything's progressing. We're putting things together. It's looking like we're going to be able to get... Um, you know, PC probable cause for, for an arrest on that. Um, apparently, uh, they didn't enjoy Florida as much as maybe what they thought they were and came back. And uh, Albert, he got arrested up in Michigan, didn't he? Yeah, he got arrested for an outstanding warrant unrelated to anything we had going on here uh, on October 30th of 2018. So roughly about four months you after the actual murder. Yes, ma'am. So he gets arrested. Well, he got arrested. He got put up in, up in jail. And then, uh, what, a few days later, we were able to get a warrant for murder? Well, first off, we tried to go up and talk to him, and he shut us down right away. After about three seconds of sitting in the room with him, he's like, I don't want to talk. I want a lawyer. So I was like, okay, we're, we're, this interview is done. But uh, we had enough PC by that point, and the prosecutor's office agreed that we had 
enough for charges on Elbert for murder. How did uh, how did Elbert take that when uh, you delivered that little bit of good news? Well, we did go back uh, the day after, day after that, after we actually had the, the warrant in hand, and uh, he he was actually trying to interrogate and interview me about what evidence we had against him, and uh, I shut him down real quick. I was like, "No, this is not about me telling you what evidence we had. This is your opportunity to explain your actions about what happened during that incident at the at the uh, boathouse." Uh, and again, right then and there, he shut me down again. He said, I want a lawyer. I don't want to talk to you anymore. So again, we had to stop. Okay. Did you read him the warrant or did Michigan read the warrant? I actually got to read him the, the arrest warrant for murder in Indiana. A little bit of pleasure in that, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's the second greatest feeling I have as a police officer is being able to put my handcuffs or tell the person that I've investigated and put time and effort and my life into, you're under arrest for murder. That to me, that's the second best feeling. Um, obviously, the first is calling Glory and letting her know, right? Yep. The first, the first best feeling is telling the family that yes, you've you've trusted us, you've given us this responsibility. Uh, we've we've worked hard, and this is not just me; it's everybody. We all worked hard to get to the point where we were able to tell Elbert he is under arrest for murder, and he's not walking out a free man. Yeah, that is good. Well, she was arrested, uh, it was January 14th. And she, she didn't call the 14th of 2019 mm -hmm. and we ended up getting a guilty plea out of that didn't we yep she uh rather than going to trial she decided to just plead guilty to a couple of uh, severely lesser charges uh rather than going to trial and she ended up getting sentenced to prison mm -hmm. and i think her earliest out date is 2022 correct correct so she's been down what three two years and change and yeah well, I, I tell you what, that's that's not a picnic. And uh, Gloria, I, I understand you're. Like, they got all kinds of stuff going on in there. She's Corona, so she still ain't living no good life. I know she's suffering, but but if it wasn't for her, nobody would. She could. You know what I mean? She set this up. You know, she she said he thirsty. She got a mark on. You know, if she had to sell up, it wouldn't. Have, he wouldn't have got shot. Gloria, how did how did you feel when we broke the news? to you that there's enough to arrest Albert Briggs. He's arrested and we're confident in our case. How, how did you feel? Tell me oh, what you I, felt, I felt a burnt, a lift, a weight lift off my heart and my spirit. I felt, felt the good, but I felt bad too. I'm, I'm telling the truth. I felt good that I found the person who shot my son, but I also felt awful
If you ain't taught, if you don't know nothing, if you don't know no better, you can't do no better. So I can't date him because he's a black child. He's like, my son. I'm mad at him because I don't hate him. You hear what I mean? Well, it's all about choices. You have choices. You know, you, you can go yeah, to school. Yeah, he had choices, yeah. Yep. He made the wrong choice. Yep. He should have just, he said he wasn't going, he couldn't, if he told me he was going to say nothing, he should have walked away and go find him a job. It worked, yeah. He should have shot my son. Well, jealousy and greed, yeah. jealousy and greed is what happens with this. In many, well, many. I feel hate that's another life that's been destroyed, you know. Gloria, I, Gloria I, I can tell you from my 17 and a half years of being commander, 80 to 90% of our homicides were black on black. There's a misconception out there. There's rhetoric out there that it is carloads of whites going around shooting carloads of blacks and carloads of blacks shooting carloads of whites. It, that's that's couldn't be any farther from the truth, at least in St. Joseph County. These homicides are over stupid, stupid things. I know. And, 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 you know, they I... They want I, the shoes. They, they I, want the, the corner you're standing on. You made them mad. You embarrassed them. It's, I, I mean, life don't mean nothing to our young people no more. Well, to the world, and the whole world going crazy. Everybody is, everybody is all about money, sex, and jewels. That's what the world is really becoming about. They think that's, to think all this stuff is mean something, but in the long run, you know, you have all the money in the world, we ain't got no water, and we ain't got no food. Money don't mean nothing. You can't eat money. You can't breathe money. But counts is love and having, being happy and everybody getting along. That's what life's supposed to be about. Well, that's the, um, way, it sh that's the way it should be. Well, it, yeah, uh, we I'm glad they got police and good cops that try to do what they need to do and uphold good. And I just pray for the ones who don't. Who don't uphold their jobs. I love them too, but I just hope and pray that they're lying for some kind of way to be changed. Well, in, you know in mean, the end... Praying. In, in the end, Albert Briggs got 65 years. His earliest outdate is 2067. He'll be making license plates for flying saucers by then. Yeah, so, and the way it's going, he might not even make it that long because they say he's got so much stuff going on now with all this corona. And it's so crazy now. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, don't know, you don't know what. He might not make it. You know, you don't, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring for nobody. But I'm glad you guys got it. And I got, I got some clothes for my son. I really appreciate you. I just hate that all this happens. I wish my baby was still alive. I wish there was nobody going to prison, but it all happened for a reason. It's all God's plan. So ain't nothing I can do but just try to stay positive and be trying to love. Just keep thinking. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to try to laugh a lot more than I cry. That's my goal. Good for you. Well, what I'm, what I'm going to do, Gloria, I'm going to... Let uh, me talk about this. This did help me. Um, I hadn't talked about Eric since 2018, really.
Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let Wiley talk and Mullins talk, kind of wrapping it up. Then I'm going to, I'm going to let you give your final thoughts and uh, I'll say a couple things. Okay, like, yeah, but I'm about ready to get out of that because I've got to stole on the run. I'm tired. <laughs> I ain't got too much more to say. I don't see what I want to say. I don't Okay. If if you're done talking, I'm good with that. Um, would it would it is there anything else you want to say? You know what? But just what I said, I just want to thank you guys for helping me find closure. I just wish the world would just be more love and peace. And like I say, I just I just wish the best. I can say thank you for doing this, and you didn't have to do this. You know who am I? And I know after million people see has been killed. So I really appreciate thank you so much. People need to hear, Glory. People need to hear from from policemen. People need to hear from family members of victims, so they know the real truth. They're hearing it. This isn't rehearsed. Nobody's given a script. You're telling it right from your gut, from your heart, from everything. And people need to know that when they do these things, or they cover these things up, or they pass along rhetoric that's lies, it it does nothing but hurt people like you. And it tells a lot of lies, right? Well, I, I'm i sorry you had to go through this. Let me ask you one more. How do I listen to this? Well, you I'll can, call you in a little bit, Gloria, and I'll let you know. Yeah, we'll call you and let you know. But you, okay. All right, sweetie. But I'm going to get off because I'm, I'm tired. I'm trying to I'm gonna do what I'm doing here. Is that all right? I'll bet Jeopardy's on and you want to watch that, right? Because I'm going to have a little <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thanks, Glory. You're a good woman. Thank you so much, Detective Wiley, right? And Detective Corbin. And Mullins. Right. And Mullins and Norby. And there's a whole bunch of them. Kenny oh, thank you. Well, all you beautiful guys and ladies and gentlemen, whoever it is. I know it takes take, take a whole network of people to make stuff work. And I appreciate every last one of y'all. I'm always praying. And hoping God is protecting all of you, men in blue, all your protecting us, forensic. I know it takes a lot. I told you I love TV. I tell police shows. So yeah, I know it takes a lot of stuff to work through. So. Well, Appreciate thank you. That. Thank you, ma'am. All right, you guys have a nice, safe night. Thank Call you. Call me back and let me know how I can hear it later. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Love you. Be blessed. Thank you, ma'am. Hey. Go ahead. You, uh, I, I did have an opportunity after Elbert was convicted from the from the jury trial uh, to actually sit down with him and have a conversation with him after the fact. And uh, he confessed that he had shot uh, Eric. I mean, just the feeling that I had hearing from his own his own words from his own face saying I shot him and this is why I shot him. Why did he shoot him? Well, I don't know if I really believe why he says he shot him. He says he did it because he was jealous that Eric uh, was kissing on Stacia in the middle of the park there. Um, I don't actually believe that motivation. I do believe he shot him. Definitely believe that. Uh, I, but I think it was actually ultimately going to be a robbery that never happened. Well, you know, trying to apply common sense to that. I, I'm going to take somebody's life. I'm going to get 65 years. Do you think when she gets out, she's going to wait till 2067 to be with you? No. 
how many homicides have we had because me, one guy, is having sex with a girl, another guy is having sex with a girl, and I'm going to shoot that guy for doing the exact same thing that I, I'm doing. Shouldn't you kind of go, hey, look, let's do a non-binding agreement here. I'll take Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can have Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. We'll all take Sunday off, drink Gatorade to get our body fluids back and our strength back up, and we'll start all over again. You're going to kill somebody for doing the exact same thing. How stupid do you have to be? That's what it boils down to. You can't call, and I'm sure people are going to go, oh my God, he said stupid, I was stupid. Who cares? That's what it is. You killed somebody you're doing 65 years for nothing. You're stupid. Gary? I definitely agree with that. Um, so a couple of guys that weren't here that were very important to this case, uh, you mentioned their names earlier, Michael Norby and uh, Kenny Cornelis. They were the technicians that uh, were out there for uh, days um, tirelessly working to recover those uh, footwear impressions, to recover the uh, casings that were out there, um, to you know tech the uh, the car that was there to recover evidence from that and uh, get the scene processed. Those guys work tirelessly, um, and we wouldn't be able to do what we do without them as well. Um, so we're just very thankful that uh, they were part of the team and uh, helping uh, solve this case with us. Also, the, the prosecutor on this case was A.J. Ennis. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention his name as well. Uh, from day one, he was giving us support and guidance of uh, what he would need for trial. So, well, we had Fort Wayne PD. We had the marshals again. We had all the South Bend PD. It was, again, I, I you know, I say this every show and I'm going to continue. It's a conglomeration of officers working in unison to get a resolution that's positive. And you just heard Gloria. Uh, you know, that lady, she doesn't have a lie bone in her body. She just tells it from the heart and how she feels. And, um, she's a better person than me. You, you kill one of mine. Uh, I, I'm not a forgiven dude. I just, yeah. you know, that's just the way I am. And I make no bones about it. I made peace with what I am a long, long time ago and I'm good with it. But I, you know, one of the, one of the key things that I want to make sure that people understand it's faces like these that are solving these crimes. It's faces like other, other colors. We don't pick our victims. We don't pick our suspects. We don't pick your gender. We just do the case. And it really, it galls me. It pisses me off that the rhetoric, rhetoric is out there that faces like these don't care. Uh, that's that's a lie. That's a complete lie. Trust that we do care. Trust that we bust our ass to get these things done, to be able to give glory and people like her resolution. And when I say like her, I'm talking about victims. I'm not talking about color. I'm not talking about anything other than victims. Um, again, before I get up on my soapbox and start popping veins out of my head because I get mad about this kind of stuff, uh, it's always an honor and a privilege uh, to be here, it's an, it was an honor and a privilege for 45 years for me to be a police officer. These guys also, um, again, you can reach me at 574-229-8115. I still do cases on the side. I'm no longer a police officer, but I do cases. I have two of them going right now, homicide cases, and people are going to go down. 
Um, I have one particular thing going on now that is so egregious. It's so immoral that it's amoral. And you'll be hearing something about that real soon because somebody's going to have their parade ruined. So please tune in every every week. Every Tuesday we release one and we film one. I've got a couple in the iron or a couple irons in the fire right now on what we're going to do next week. And each week we, you know, we just bring in the truth. Uh, please listen to it. Please pass it along. Please make people aware that cops do care. Please do that. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to honesty. You owe it to integrity. Thanks.